Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, cats and dogs, and guppies with aspirations of being a shark someday. Live from the campus of Michigan State University in beautiful downtown East Lansing, it's Tea with BBP. Hello everyone, I'm your host, BBP, a.k.a. Bill Van Patten, a.k.a. the diva of SLA. And just like any diva, I have my backup singers with me, always on tour. My backup singer here in the studio Do with me today to constantly every week here is Walter. Hey, come on now! I think we've gotten the idea. You're a diva. We get it. <laughs> End of story. Do oh, you want to be introduced or not? <laughs> okay, just for that, you're, for, this is why I call them backup singers because I always want to tell Walter, "Back up, please, back up." <laughs> okay, <laughs> let me introduce Walter Hopkins, co-hosting with me here in the studio. Walter, say hi. Hello, everybody. That's enough. Shut up. Okay. okay. Um, and remotely joining us from Germany, all the way from Germany, is Angelica Kramer, who can't be in the studio today. Angelica, say hi. Hello, everybody. Willkommen von Berlin, aus Berlin. Ah, this is so cool. This is like this is like being on MSNBC or some news show, you know, where we have like you know, the report live. Yeah, Berlin, reporter in the Germany. field. You know Angelica. exactly. Yeah. You know? She's like, like, what's it. his name? That that little guy who reports all the time from Iraq and Iran and and all those places. What's that? Richard Engel. Yeah, she's our Richard Engel over there in Germany. Well, and I mean, my la my first name is Engel, right? So this, yeah. this works. There you go. My gosh. So this is exciting. So this just goes to show everybody how technology works for us. We don't even need Angelica here in the studio. Angelica, I'm sorry. You don't need to come back. No, we want you to come oh, back. Yeah, yeah. We are kidding. We want you back. We want you back. Please come back. Please, please come back and send me from Walter. My God. <laughs> I think Walter's had caffeine today. Walter's I've had no oh, caffeine. Walter doesn't drink caffeine. Everybody out there in, in, the, in the audience, listening in listening ear or whatever it is out there in the audience, Walter does not drink caffeine. But when he does, watch out. Watch well, it's out. Not that Walter, Walter just doesn't drink coffee. It's like a three and a half year old on sugar. Let me tell you, it is like woo. Right. My gosh. Well, we had a great show last week, and unfortunately, I have to make the announcement that we had a little technical difficulty for those of you who tried to tune in or download the show or listen to it through iTunes or whatever, um, and it did not record. So we are making sure that never happens again. So this show is being recorded. I'm getting the thumbs up from the studio that, yes, indeed, we're recording and everything's fine, so that's good. Um, and our topic for today's show is the following. Should we get rid of grades for language learning. Now, this is going to be a hot topic. I expect everybody out there to have something to say about this. So we'll be taking your calls at 517-884-4321. Again, that's 517-884-4321. Keep trying. Remember, we only have a couple lines still in the studio. We're working on getting more lines. And our able person, Dustin, will be taking your calls. So uh, if you don't get in the first time, just keep calling because uh, you'll eventually get in. And uh, if you can't if you can't Phones call and you want to tweet, the hook, right? <laughs> if, if if you can't call and you want to tweet, you can tweet us at uh, T with BBP, or you can even email us during the hour at T with BBP at gmail.com. Again, the topic is should we get rid of grades for language learning? And we want to hear not only your questions. You, most of you call in and ask questions, but you should feel free to make comments, have reactions, and any thoughts you have on the topic because we want to know what you think as well. So grab your cup of tea, your cup of coffee, or your wine spritzer and join the conversation. And now that I said that, I realize, does anyone drink wine spritzers anymore? I who the heck? It. Who drinks wine spritzers? Yeah, no one. 
That's I, like a travesty. That is a wine spritzer. I'm not even sure I know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Why am I not surprised? Why am I not surprised? I'm glad you know who Justin Timberlake is, but you you don't know who wine spritzers. What is a wine? Isn't it like a uh, Angelic? Isn't it like a wine mix with something sparkly, <clears throat> like exactly. Seven Up or some kind of? Well, and actually, now that you say that, that is actually a rather um, popular drink in Germany, Scholle. Really? I mean, yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh. Gosh, I, I, I'm not going to say anything about that at all. You're not drinking yeah, one right now, not. are you? Are you drinking one right oh, now? Oh, I wish. No, I. But I do have something next to me that says Spritzig. Ah. It's a it's a bubbly water. So. Oh, okay. All right. Well, throw some wine in, and you'll be having a spritzer. Uh, I just I always found spritzers to be a travesty. I just I just think they're off. I remember when I was a kid in high school, and people would want to get drunk somewhere. You know, they'd go drink. You know, we you know how high school students are. And they'd bring spritzers. I go, what? Why are you drinking spritzers? I mean, that's like having vodka with tonic. You know, you don't put anything in vodka. You just drink the vodka straight. My gosh. All right. <clears throat> you know, that makes me realize maybe when people call in today or they email, we'll make, the, make it a requirement that they should give a comment about wine spritzers, what they think about wine spritzers. Okay. I want you to vote on this, people. When you call in or you write in, we want to know if you think wine spritzers should be banned. And uh, get, we want to get rid of them in supermarkets, and we want to get rid of them from wine, from wine menus and restaurants. So let us know what you think about that when you call in. This, Angelica, you're not here in the studio, but this is one of those moments where I'm shaking my head. Oh, yeah. I've been shaking my head for like the last three minutes. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's great. Um, just to remind everybody out there, we uh, are officially, we're well over 500 caller, uh, followers. I think we're over 600 now. We're trying to get push it to make uh, 1,000 followers in our newsletter by December. So... Please, please have your friends, colleagues, students, and, and anyone else you know go to our website, teawithbvp.com, and sign up for the newsletter. Again, that's teawithbvp.com. Sign up for the newsletter, and let's get our numbers up because, like I said last time, um, we are going to start to try to get some sponsors. Um, and uh, so we want to get our numbers up. Before we start looking to see if people are writing or calling in, I just want to find out. Did everybody have a good Halloween, by the way? Angelica, were you here for Halloween or you already gone to... Uh, no, I was still here. And unfortunately, the weather was awful. Yeah, Those well, poor kids in I Michigan. Know. I know, I know. Walter, how about you? Did you take your kids out, Walter? Yeah, it was a rainy, rainy night, unfortunately. So yeah. we didn't go very far. What did, what did your kids dress as? Uh, Zach, my son, dressed as, um, yeah, what did he dress as? <laughs> oh, a, a wizard. <laughs> you need caffeine, uh, <laughs> let me tell you. You need a wine spritzer. You need Gandalf something. He was Gandalf from The Lord of the Rings. He so was. I've seen that. Before. Wow, or, or that's cool. It. And, and my, my daughter, who... Um, Recently, has grown an obsession with peacocks, and so she was a peacock for Halloween. Wow! So she has a peacock water water bottle, and you know she decided she wanted to be a peacock. For and Halloween. did you and your lovely wife Laura dress up and go with him? And we went with them. We did not dress up. I couldn't find my one costume that I own. I don't know. It must be stored somewhere in storage. But what's the one costume you own? <laughs> it's a hippie costume. Oh my gosh! Nice. Oh, oh my nice. gosh! Angelica, I tell you, I don't know what we're going to do. <laughs> I, have, I have visions right now. It's, it's good. I like it. I was looking for it. I thought, you know, on, on ha Halloween night, I thought, you know, I, I assumed it was hanging in my closet somewhere, but it was not. So, Well, if we have time later, I, I will tell you all about the year that back in Urbana, when I lived in Champaign-Urbana, when I was at the University of Illinois, um, was a joke where two of us went. We did share then and now. So one of us was shared then, and one of us was shared now. And this was a height of the, of the um, what was that song that just come out? If I could turn back time, that song, if I could mm -hmm. turn back time. Um, and so yours truly got to be share now. And so I was dressed up in that outfit that she was on when she did that video on the ship. Oh, my gosh. 
Late, but we'll save that story for later. We'll save that story. Are for there later. pictures? Yes, there are, and I hope nice. they never. They'll surface. be posted on the Twitter site. I uh, tell you, now that I brought that up, somebody out there is going to go, "Oh, I've got those pictures. I'm going to put them up. I'm going to put them up. I'm going to send them somewhere." So they'll be on Facebook or something. Who knows? Okay. Again, uh, our topic today is: Should we get rid of grades uh, for language learning? And uh, we want to hear what you think about that. Um, and uh, my my question to you all about this topic is the following. I, well, let me just make my statement. I, I was going to frame it as a question. I'm going to just make my statement. I, I'm not sure that assigning grades in a proficiency-oriented program is kosher, for lack of a better word. I think it's just a tad weird when you think about it. Um, given everything we know about language acquisition and, and how language acquisition works, and given everything we know about how the ability to communicate in a second language develops over time, and given what we know about what's called individual differences and how people progress through rates of you know rates of acquisition are different for people as well as 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 movement through something like the ACPO proficiency scale. I'm wondering if grades penalize students for just being who they are, rather than some ideal that we have um, when it comes to proficiency. Um, so I, I, the question in my mind has always been you know, for about 20 years now, are we doing one thing and saying another when we assign grades? Are we telling students our goals are for them to learn how to speak and use the language and, and have some level of proficiency? Um, and, but at the same time, we give grades. What do we give grades for? Um, and so I, I just wonder if we're giving grades based on something that's not related to proficiency and we're, we're our own worst enemy in terms of motivating students along those lines. Um, so I, I'm an advocate of rethinking this. I'm an advocate of thinking that grades either ought to go or at least um, they ought to be rethought what the grade, what a grade in a course means. Now, I know there are people out there, for example, I, I know there are administrators who are probably listening to this are spinning in their chairs right now in an office and we're going, what the heck is he saying? I mean, you got to have, you know, this is university or K through 12, you got to have, you got to give people grades. Well, yeah, you can give people grades, but the, the question I have is what are you giving them grades for? If you claim to be proficiently oriented and you want some proficiently oriented outcome, but you give them grades, are those grades actually reflective of proficiency? Um, and so, you know, I think we ought to talk about that. So we'll be taking your calls at 517-884-4321. Again, that's 517-884-4321. Or you can tweet us at T with BVP. Again, you can email us also uh, during the hour. Walter's uh, personing the emails over here. You can write to us at twithbvp at gmail.com. And uh, if you can't listen live, uh, if something's going on and you're there stuck somewhere and, and you don't have a phone or, or you just can't listen to us, you can always catch us. We're archived at twithbvb.com. You can listen to us over the weekend. We make great for great listening for your students, too. Um, I've got my students now listening to this as homework, so that's kind of cool. And, uh, oh, 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 we have a new feature. I have to tell everybody about the new feature. Okay, tell us about so the, the new this feature. Is gonna, they, they, you have to call in for this. We have a new feature that we're debuting later on in the show. It's called the SLA Challenge or the SLA Challenge Quiz. Um, it's kind of like taking a Cosmo quiz, you know, when you're sitting there and, 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 and you're, you're taking that test and you're answering these questions in the magazine. Although our quiz is not about sex or relationships. It's about SLA. Oh, maybe I'll throw a few questions and maybe it'll be interesting to people if we do and grab their attention, make them call in. Have you ever taken a Cosmo quiz? Walter? I have not. I, really? You have not? I guess I don't know what what is Cosmo, what is a Cosmo quiz. You don't know what a Cosmo quiz is? No. I just have this I vision of you have any See, Angelica doesn't I know. have this vision of Walter sitting in the doctor's office waiting for his, <laughs> his, 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 
something exam and rifling through the Cosmo magazines and taking all those quizzes. Oh, you mean from a Cosmo magazine is yeah. what you're talking about. Okay. Yeah. No, I, I guess I've never done anything like that. Oh, my gosh. Those quizzes are great. Like the 10, thing, that 10 things that turn him on and the 10 things not to say during a first date and all those kinds of things. So those, are, wow, those are great quizzes. We're not going to do those people. We're going to do a quiz on second Shaking line. my head again. I'm on second shaking line. my head. Oh, you have, yeah, no, I'm absolutely <laughs> dying over here. Oh, my gosh. Um, I don't know. I, I always liked Cosmo. I thought it was kind of cool magazine. I mean, So, know. Bill, do you also do all those Facebook quizzes then? Who, me? Yeah, you oh, know, God, find I out hate... your personality. No, based I don't on do those what color you like I, I, I do a few of those. I have to do it. I do do a What few Disney of those. character are you, Bill? Oh, yeah. What Disney princess? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'd be actually interested in finding out what Disney princess you are. What Disney princess I am? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. I'm all of them rolled in one. I defy categorization. <laughs> Don't forget, I'm a diva. I'm not a princess. So there, let's just get that clear out there. I want to make sure everybody out there listening doesn't try to misconstrue it. Anyway, saying. getting back to the topic of discussion today. Yeah, so, <laughs> so call in. Write to us about grades. What do you think about grades? Um, I've got a few uh, few comments and questions here on uh, on Mixler. Would you like to well, yeah, hear some see. of them? What you got Are going? you ready for us? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, let's see what you got going there. All right. Don't forget let's to see. call in, people. You cannot take the quiz unless you call in. <laughs> oh, by the way, if you and the quiz, no one's going to call in for a quiz. You sure they are because they're going to get a prize. I forgot to tell <laughs> oh, you, you a prize. You. If you call in and you take the quiz and you answer the three questions correctly, you get a prize. This is like the Rachel Maddow show. She does this. She used to do this on Friday night. She doesn't do it anymore. But you call in if you get the questions right, you get one of our fabulous, fabulous prizes from Tea with BVP. Okay, Walter. So, what are you reading there on the on the on the on the internet? Oh right? man, it's uh, it's it. exploding here. I'm trying to figure find the one that I was going to do, but it's already way up. Don't explode on. Call in, people. Five yeah, one, call in, call in, call in. Five one seven eight eight four four three two one. Okay, go ahead. Okay, so I mean, there have been a lot a lot of comments, you know, agreeing that kids learn at their own pace. Uh, grades and language acquisition do penalize individuals. Um, there's there's a comment here though about the reason teachers resort to grades is that they are easy to calculate. It's more challenging to assess someone's proficiency they most have, and that most have no idea how to do it. And there's also some, some comments here about uh, it being expected by parents and administrators. So maybe we can uh, – that gives us at least some, some stuff to talk about here, uh, that there's an expectation by parents. An expect, and I think even we can extend that to there's some expectation from students that they'll, that they'll be getting some sort of – grade for, for what they're doing. But uh, there was also a comment... Can I just comment about that before sure. we go on? Let me yeah. call, whoever, tweeted, or whoever wrote that in on Mixler. Is that, you know, I agree. I mean, there, there are expectations out there, but let's just not forget who's the experts here. Who's in charge? It's us. We're the teachers. We're the, we're the, we're the L2 people. We're the ones that are supposed to tell other people how things work. And so we need to come up with ways to talk to administrators and talk to parents and talk to students and talk to each other about why these things should work the way they should and to, help, and to advocate for change. Um, and, and so I, I just, I, I'm sorry whoever said that. You're, you, can, you can tweet me or call in now and yell at me. But I, I'm just not always buying that argument. I think that it, it's, we need to, th- which is why the topic, we're having the topic today. I'm sort of, in a sense, advocating for this and trying to get the discussion going out there. Yeah, but I think too, I mean, w- some of the things that are being mentioned here are things that you're making the assumption, of course, that, uh, that we're looking at proficiency-oriented uh, language teaching, and that's not an assumption that can necessarily be. It's not a given, basically, you know. So, so 
so in a in a in a program or in a course or, or school or whatever the case might be, where it's not proficiency oriented, does that change what you would think about um, whether grades should be given, or you just say become proficiency oriented and then get rid of the grades? Well, let me ask those people this question. I said this before in one of our earlier shows, and I'm going to get flack from this. I know I'll get calls on this. Why is let's talk about the university setting, for example, or let's talk about a state requirement for K through twelve. Uh, for entrance into college. Why is there a language requirement? And what is the language requirement? So for example, here at Michigan State, we have a uh, a College of Arts and Letters requirement of two years, four semesters or equivalent of a language. And And it's a proficiency requirement, supposedly. Supposedly, why why is that? Um, And then you could go uh, to Urbana, for example, which back in the 90s, we enacted a uh, three semester across campus requirement. So no matter what your major was, not just in the college, but across campus, it was three semesters for everybody. And so why? Why? I mean, because when you do other disciplines, it's usually like three credit hours in something. So three credit hours in science or, or biology or some natural science, three credit hours in social science, three credit hours in this and three credit hours in that. And all of a sudden you get to languages and people say you must have 12 hours or you must have the equivalent of this or equivalent of that. Why do we do that unless we mean some kind of proficiency? I mean, why not just... I mean, I'm not advocating this, so don't misquote me out there. I know I can just see it tomorrow in the press. I'm not saying this, gang, um, <laughs> and I'm not advocating this. But if you don't teach toward proficiency, if you don't start talking about that, then don't you run the risk of just being like everybody else, and pretty soon we're down to one semester of something just for enrichment purposes and or for whatever that is? I mean, that's kind of the argument that falls out of that, that particular issue. So it kind of scares me. It kind of makes me nervous. It really does. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so that, that's my comment on that. But I have, I have a question. How is proficiency or how are proficiency-based programs then different? I mean, we, we tell the students we hope that you will reach X level. How is that different from assigning a grade? Isn't that the same thing, only different? I mean, no, not necessarily. I mean, think about it in terms of you can do it in terms of exit criteria. You can term you can do it in terms of I mean, you can do it a variety of ways, um, so that people can because some people would probably get be done be meet, read it sooner than other people. And you just when you get to it, you get to it. Um, so I mean, that's one. That's not the only way to do it. And I'm not advocating necessarily getting rid of grades altogether. The, the question is, if you have a proficiency orientation, is there anything in your in your assessment or in your course that actually does that for the student, that gives them some indication of their ability, is there. Um, and so, um, you know, so I don't know if I answered your question, Gaelic, or if you want to re- re- rephrase your question, but. Yeah, no, that's, that's I'm, just, I'm just wondering, you know, how, how that is actually different. Well, it's different in the sense that if you actually make an outcome your measure, then when you meet the outcome, you're done. Sure. Maybe you're done yep. in two semesters. Right? You can take a test any time to say, hey, I think I might be intermediate mid now. I'm going to go take the test and see. And if I am intermediate mid, I'm done. If I'm yep. not, I keep going until I'm intermediate mid. Um, and so, I mean, we also have to have reasonable expectations, too, of what can happen. But um, anyway. Sure. Uh, but because I, I think that I think that. You know, I'm not talking again about majors. Let's let's be clear what I'm talking about too, because we're not talking about de- developing academic skills about literary analysis or linguistic analysis or cultural analysis. Those things we do in upper level courses. Of I'm talking about those kinds of things that we engage in in K through 12 and at a university level, where we tell people you must take X hours of something, um, such as a language. And what does that really mean? And what do grades mean when you get in that? So. Um, do we have any other uh, questions coming in? Yeah, I have a question uh, 
from email. Okay. It came from Celeste in Connecticut. And, uh, hey, Celeste in Connecticut. And she wonders... Celeste, you should be calling. Call Celeste. I want you to call in and take the SLA quiz, Celeste. <laughs> call in. <laughs> 517-884-4321. Are you listening to me, Celeste? Celeste, I'm talking to you. I'm shaming you into calling. <laughs> All right, call let me and ask. Take the SLA Actually, quiz. Celeste wrote uh, um, several paragraphs, and I'm gonna I'm gonna take um, one ah, part of it here. Celeste so. is hiding behind the email. Well, but Celeste, I, I will admit, I will say that Celeste actually did call in last week. So, so thank you for calling in last week, Celeste. <laughs> oh, okay. Is that the Celeste call? I don't remember. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah so yeah, yeah. anyway, Celeste says. Um, uh, all the time I wonder why we're giving grades for language courses, but I guess at most universities it would be impossible to justify the course to those in other departments and to the administration who are all about assessing what the students learn. And she says they would hit the roof if we said we want to offer courses but no grades or just pass-fail. So I wonder what, uh, I mean, she brings up this this justifying our courses. And so what do you think about that idea of, of how can we justify our courses if we aren't giving them grades, I guess would be the question. Well, I mean, again, we go back to what I said earlier. If you're not having a proficiency outcome you, you, and you want to give grades, then you, you take your course and make it something that's not proficiency-oriented that you can actually assign grades to. Fill in the blank tests and, you know, here's a 90-point test and if you get a 95 or above. So testing their knowledge as opposed to what they're able to do yeah. with language. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, which is kind of what we've been trying to work against for, for so long, at least in terms of, of language instruction. Um, so... Um, I, I just think you have to be I, – I guess what I'm sort of hinting at here is are we being honest? Are we really tackled one of the greatest impediments? I mean, ACTFL, for how long has ACTFL been trying and advocating for proficiency in community language teaching now? Since the early 80s, right? The early to mid-80s. So that's 30 years. And and how much has have we progressed in the field? Um it's 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 not clear to me that we've progressed all that much, and I think one of the impediments is is institutionalized education and this grade thing, because the minute you start assigning grades, students go, how do I get an A? Mm-hmm. How do I get a B? How do I get a C? How do I get a three point five or a four point or whatever it is? However, you, whatever grading system you use, how do I do that? And the minute you do that, you have to start a, making your course something that isn't about being. Intermediate, low, intermediate, mid, novice, high, advanced, low. It, it, it's something else. So what you're saying is is that if someone gets a 4.0 in the fourth semester or an A in the fourth semester uh, sequence of a language program, that doesn't necessarily mean that because they've gotten their 4.0 that they're also uh, – they've also reached the goal of whatever your goal might be, intermediate, mid, for example, proficient level of proficiency. Right, right, because it depends on what that grade reflects. Right. I mean – um, uh, Walter and Daniel Trego and I have a, a paper coming out in ACTFL in or Foreign Language Annals in December that kind of talks a little bit about this, where we're, um, we're, we're, we've experimented with, with um, getting rid of exams in class, for example, and trying to adjust that final grade so it actually reflects something, and replacing in-class tests with can-do statements, and then moving tests online so they can have a test of knowledge if they want off, uh, online and so on. And you all can read about that article when it comes out. It's scheduled to come out in December, uh, whenever that issue comes out. Um, I, I, and the foreign language is usually on time, so it should be out in December. Um, but uh, so, I mean, people people just need to explore this and say, what does that what does that grade really reflect? And you can have people who can get an A and and not be 
let's say your goal is intermediate mid, you can have someone who gets a C and be intermediate mid. They can mm -hmm. be all over with a grade, and they, just like they can be all over with their proficiency. Or they could get an A and be novice low. <laughs> I mean, but they've been able to do the work potentially. Yeah, and, yeah. And uh, they've been able to gain some level of knowledge, but not any level of proficiency or ability to do something with the language, to communicate with the language. Right, right. And so, you know, we're not, you know, we're not advocating, you know, getting rid of grades altogether. I mean, that's not what I'm advocating. I'm, I'm, I'm actually asking the question, what do grades reflect and can we fix it somehow so that, that, that we can motivate proficiency in communicative language teaching through the grades, mm -hmm. um, or do we really do need to do we need a revolution and do something else? I mean, I, I, well, here's I a question, know. and I think maybe this is a question for our callers. Uh, so call on in here. Uh, this is a question from Mixler, and it says, "So, what are some of the first steps an instructor should take for assessing proficiency? If we are in an institution that requires grades, what are some ways we can rate proficiency and convert it into a grade?" And I think that's a good question. So, I mean, I don't know that we have an answer uh, to that question necessarily, but but maybe there are some ideas out there, and we'd love to hear them. So please feel free to call in, 517-884-4321. Contact. I mean, just 4321. Uh, remember that from last week. <laughs> okay, well, let's come back to that question in a minute because sure. I think we have a, we have a mystery caller and I'm going to hold off taking the mystery caller uh, for just a second because we're going to go to just a quick commercial break here. And um, the mystery caller does not want to reveal his or her name. It wants to wait and see how they do in the quiz. <laughs> so um, I'm going to ask the mystery caller because I don't, I don't want to say, hey, mystery person. At least make up a name. Make up a name. I don't call yourself Popeye. I don't care. Call yourself Olive Oil. But make up a name so I can call you something. <laughs> um, and c communicate that to Dustin so it comes up on my screen here. In the meantime, we're going to go to a, a quick, uh, quick commercial from our sponsor. Do your vowels sometimes not come out the way you intended? Are they excessively elongated such that the word cool comes out like cool? Or the reverse, do your vowels sometimes almost disappear? Instead of meeting, do you sometimes say meetin'? If this is you, you could be suffering from IVS, Irritable Vowel Syndrome. Irritable Vowel Syndrome strikes almost every single American at some point in his or her life. Symptoms include excessive lengthening of vowels, excessive shortening of vowels, misplacement of stress, as in communicative instead of communicative, and extreme cases, substitution of one vowel for another. So if you're having trouble with your A-E-I-O-U's and this is hampering your public persona, see a qualified professional, because remember, you are your vowels. Thank you, IBS, the sponsors of IBS. I don't think there's any medication for that, so we'll have to just see. Um, <laughs> What? Are you shaking your head if, over there, Angelica? If Pfizer, if Pfizer. It was actually, it was funny. I, <laughs> I, I can totally relate. I mean, right now, German and English is mixing in my head, and I, I what? I didn't Just even, spit it what? out in German. That's all right. Okay, is our mystery caller giving us a fake name yet? No? All right. Should we take the mystery caller and do the quiz, or should we go What's, ahead? And yeah, no, just call the mystery caller Misterio. Okay. Uh, no, call, call the caller Paul. All right, Mystery Caller is on the line. Okay, Mystery Caller is on the line. Mystery Caller, say hello to our audience. Oh, did we lose Mystery Caller? Did we lose Mystery Caller? What happened? Uh-oh. Oh, okay, uh-oh. We lost Mystery Caller. Sorry, Mystery, Mystery Caller. Cold feet. That's how that went. <laughs> oh, no. Mystery Caller really didn't want to give a name, I guess. 
Or maybe was offended that I called him or her Paul. I mean, I apologize. <laughs> Paul's a good Sorry, name. Paul. Paul's a good name. One, one of the Beatles. One of the Beatles. Paul was my middle name, Paul. Is that your middle name? I thought it, it was is. Philip. Nope. I thought it was Oh, no I did Philip. not know that either. Oh, my gosh. Huh. At least it's not Wine Spritzer. <laughs> <laughs> Walter Wine Spritzer Hopkins. <laughs> You're messing up your consonants here, not your vowels. I think, <laughs> I think, I think I'm going to have a kid and name it Wine Spritzer. <laughs> oh, you know how the celebrities name their kids those weird names? I'm going to name my kid Wine Spritzer. Okay. Maybe your next dog. All right. Did we get our mystery caller back? Okay. We, I got, think our we got our mystery caller, caller back. back. All right. Okay. Mystery caller, you're on the line? Yes. Hey, we I'm got a mystery caller. I was just trying to make a joke. I wanted to give my name after I took the quiz. Yes, yes. I understand that. But but then I, then I can't talk to you directly. I got to just say, <laughs> I got to call you MC, like MC Hammer or something. I suppose. Oh, do it. Okay, I'm going to call you MC. How's that? For mis- pants. Mystery caller. Okay, MC. MC, where are you calling from? I'm uh, from Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Great. Okay. So, um, do you want to comment on anything about what we've been talking about first before you take your your SLA challenge quiz? Well, yeah. I, I kind of I would really like if you could focus the conversation to one part about grading because it just seems like everyone has quite a bit to say and we could talk for hours on it. And I would request that you say a little bit about errors and errors in proficiency and how a lot of teachers are accustomed to grading how accurate students are, let's say, with language forms or, you know, conjugations, all that stuff. And and how errors play a role in proficiency and what we really should expect let's say, you know, first few years of learning a new language. Um, uh, so, MC, would you like me to say something controversial that's going to freak everybody out? Or would you like me to give oh, you some... I love it. Or would you want me, or you want me to say show, something... Bill. This is your show. You can say anything. Okay, because <laughs> you're kind of you're getting to the topic that we had planned for next week, a little bit. So, um, but okay. that's okay. But that's okay. I, we can we can see that by... I'll, I'll say this now, and then I'll say it again next week, and maybe people will call in and go, oh, my gosh. Here's my response to you. There's no such thing as an error. Learners, it's, learners cannot make errors. And I'll tell you what I mean by that. Um, and so we'll get back into that once you take your SLA quiz, MC. Um, <laughs> but the, the idea behind, remember, errors are an external perspective. For example, you looking from the outside in at something and saying, wow, that person does not do it the way I do it. Therefore, it's an error. But think about the two-year-old or the two-and-a-half-year-old learning a first language. No child is making error when he said, um, Mommy, God, bye-bye. That, that's not an error. Because the child can't say, Mommy just left, and the child says, Mommy, go bye-bye, that's just not an error. Because at that particular point in time, that's what the child's grammar does. That's what's inside the head. And so my challenge to people out there is to think about the fact that second language learners are no different. At any given point in time, they're developing a system in their heads, and they can't make an error because whatever's in their heads is what's in their heads. It's only an error from your perspective on the outside because you don't want adults to you – you don't think adults have actually um, you know, a system in their heads growing. You think it's just some kind of faulty thing because they are learning poorly or something. But grammars are grammars, and they grow. Um, so that's my answer to your question for now. Thank so, you. So there are no errors. How's that? I love it. 
Well, good. I'm glad you love it. Okay. Um, ready for your quiz? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, sure. Now, let me just tell you the rules of this quiz, MC. When you take this quiz, um, you have to get all three items correctly to win your prize. And I'll announce your prize after you take the quiz. Okay? And this is a multiple okay. choice quiz, so you'll get three choices. So think carefully when you hear your choices. Are you ready? Okay. Yeah. Number one. What is the term we use to describe that verb and noun endings, for example, are learned in a universal order regardless of your first language and regardless of instruction? Is that A, developmental stages, B, acquisition orders, or C, linguistic competence? B. If you need me to repeat, I'll repeat. What'd you say? No, B. B. B as in boy? B as in Bill. B as in Bill. There you go. I like that. Good. <laughs> okay, Walter, would you reveal the correct answer for MC? The correct answer is indeed B. Acquisition Woo! orders. Good for you. Okay, MC's yeah. got one correct. He's, he's on his way toward winning the, the prize of the day. Okay, number two. Are you ready? Yes. Who is associated with coining the term interlanguage? A, Larry Selinker. B, Stephen Krashen. C, Patsy Lightbound. I can be your lifeline if you need a lifeline. You can what? I can be your lifeline if you need a lifeline. Am I, I allowed to do a that? Lifeline right now. Oh my God! You, you grab onto him and you, grab onto him and you'll sink. Under my head. Grab onto him and you'll sink. Know MC. Who originally said that? No, I don't. Okay, uh, I'll can just you make a guess. I'll just repeat the question for people because. Uh, could you repeat the question, please? Sure. Who is associated with coining the term interlanguage? A, Larry Selinker. B, Stephen Krashen. C, Patsy Lightbound. Only because I couldn't hear the name. I'm going to get A. A, yeah. Walter. Would ding, you ding, 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 ding. <laughs> oh, my God. That was so loud in my ear, Walter. That yes. is the correct answer. That is the correct answer. Yeah. See, Larry Selinker coined the term into language back in 1972. Larry. Oh, okay. Larry right. Selinker, yes. Okay, third and final question. This is the big one because you got to get this one right to win your prize. Okay. okay. Which of the following statements is not supported, not supported, by the research on second language acquisition? A, Native-like competence and ability are difficult to acquire. B, a learner's internal grammar or mental representation is constrained by universals. C, practice and correct repetition is necessary or should be are necessary to avoid errors. Ha! You gave me a clue to this already, Bill. C. C. So you're saying that practice and correct, and correct repetition are not necessary to avoid errors. Is that what you're saying? Well, of course, if, especially if there are no errors. Okay, so <laughs> well, don't forget, the fact that I say there are no errors doesn't mean everybody agrees with me. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you have that kind of faith in me. My gosh. Can you come here, please, and be my fan club president? Walter, what's the correct answer to the third item? The correct answer is letter C. Ding, 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 ding. All right, our first oh, SLA man. quiz. We have a winner. MC got all three items correct. Fantastic. Now will MC reveal his or her name? <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. You, you can't touch this right now. Thank you. I know this is a comedy show. I have to... 
Okay, okay, MC, but we're getting paid to do this, not you. So I'm, no, I'm just no, kidding. I'm, I'm just we're kidding. We're getting paid. Where's my paycheck? <laughs> and I really I angered a few people this week, so I, I figured I might as well come out down low and then reveal in case those people are listening. But my name's Lance. 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 Lance from Massachusetts. Well, congratulations, Lance. You're really, my first you Lance. Coming. I've never met a Lance in my life. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, no, well I, know, I know, actually. But I'm not surprised. <laughs> there are not a lot of us. Yeah, there's not a lot of you. That's a great name. Well, Lance, would you like to know what you won? Uh, this suspense is killing me. I bet. Well, you know, we're, we are, we're in a limited budget here. We're doing this show on... Uh, on, on <laughs> That's not a great way to start off. <laughs> no, because what I'm going to tell you is that we ha- it has to be small enough that we can just mail it to you in an envelope. So it's not a check. Don't worry. It's not a check. <laughs> okay, okay. But we actually have tea bags. I have to interrupt. Sorry. What? You just called Lance earlier your number one fan. And I don't know if you recall, uh, but Emma, who came and saw uh, us yeah. at Michigan World Language Association conference, is very upset, and she has posted that she is extremely hurt that you're ready to give away her spot as the number one fan of your fan club. Okay, Emma, so, Emma, you need to call in next week and do the quiz, and then you can, you can be the number one fan again. How's that? <laughs> Sorry for interrupting. You go right ahead. And, you know, and, I'm a diva. I want people vying for my attention. <laughs> All right, so Lance, here's what you've won. We actually have tea bags printed up that say tea with BVP on them. You actually will get, we are going to send you a tea bag wrapped, wrapped in antiseptic. Or do you know exactly what kind? It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a standard black tea wrapped in, 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 in plastics uh, completely for your protection. And uh, on the outside it says tea with BVP on it, nice red print. So How many will he get? Awesome. He will get one. Oh. <laughs> You get one for one cup of tea. Can we send him and a actually, button, Lance, too? Lance, I'm sorry to um, disappoint. It's not standard black tea. It's peppermint tea. <gasps> oh, even better. Oh, okay. Is that a game changer? I mean, are you are you a peppermint type of guy? Uh, I'm a peppo guy. Yeah, pepper will look. Look, that's better for your digestion anyway. After you eat, you can have peppermint tea. It makes the food go down better. So, Did you know that? Right. In case you have irritable vowel syndrome, you can drink some <laughs> peppermint tea, and they'll take care of it for you. <laughs> Noted. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for calling in, Lance. Get, do you know anybody there? Tell them the cost. We're waiting for our next caller. We don't have anybody lined up. Was there, where's our next question? I'm waiting here. I'm twiddling my thumbs, Lance. Well, we can come back to that calling. question that we were talking about before, too. Well, let's uh, say goodbye to Lance first. Lance, thank you for calling in. Thanks, Lance. Uh, thank you so yes, thank okay. you, Lance. Have a great day. Okay, Bye. talk to you later. Bye-bye. Okay, well, that was nice. Our first quiz. All right, and he aced it. He got three out of three, and he won his tea bag. He has officially, he's an official tea with BBP person now because he's got his tea bag. So, rest of you out there, better call in and you get tea bags if you. 517 884 4321. Thank you, Walter, for reminding everybody. That was great. I appreciate that. I'm I'm getting that studio voice. You know, uh, 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 maybe you need some tea. So, so the more. Stay away. So what's our, what's our next comment or what's our next well, question? Well, I, I just want to come back to the co- the question here before. So, uh, yep, I don't remember what it was. Um, well, I can't help you with oh, that. Oh, no, it's the... See, uh, Lance, and you wanted him as a lifeline, Lance. <laughs> See, play that. Uh, what are some of the first steps an instructor should take for assessing proficiency? And then if we are in an institution that requires grades, because I think that's, I mean, I, I would say probably most of us are in institutions like that that do require grades. What are some ways that we could rate proficiency and convert it into a grade? And so this is a, I would love to hear some callers and some, you know, I, lo- I know that people are afraid to actually talk to people in person because we have these little things called computers and phones so we can text with our thumbs and, and it's a lot easier for people to do that. But use your voices! Call in. Thank you.
Yeah, it's a call-in show. But anyway, <laughs> but no, but that's a good question. Who, do, do we have a name, a first name for that question? Uh, well, we have initials. This oh, is J S M, lowercase Z. Okay, J S M lowercase Z. Capital J, capital S, capital M, lowercase Z. Okay. So if J S M Z, if you'd like to tell us what your first name is, so we can address you on the air. Uh, in the Mixler comments, I would be happy to announce that to everyone. Okay, so that, that's an example of... Or just call in, J-S-M-Z. No, that's an example of irritable vowel syndrome. All the vowels are gone. Uh, they just dropped all the vowels, so... Okay, <laughs> so Jimza, So Jimza is asking us about um, what are some first steps you can take. Well, there's a couple of things you can do, first of all. Um, and uh, people can... If other people have ideas, please call in and let us know. But think about if you're giving tests, what your tests are. Do your tests have to be A, B, C, D, fill in the blank kind of thing? Um, can your tests be meaning-based so that when students do anything with their tests, um, they are not focused on form only or vocabulary in isolation, but your tests are a little more holistic? If you can start to move your tests in that direction, then you've taken a step toward um, proficiency-based communicative language teaching and testing because at least you're focused on meaning. So, for example, rather than have a section that says, oh, okay, this is on the past tense, this is on the present perfect, or the passé composé parfait, for example, um, have a discourse scramble where there's six or seven sentences about a story in the past and they're all mixed up and the student has to uh, put them in the right order, um, which means they pay attention to all kinds of things, including the verb forms in there. There's just different things you can do. Um, to make a test more meaning-based than what a lot of tests currently are. So that's one thing you can do. Uh, another thing that's very obvious you can do is, is count attendance. Not participation, but attendance uh, more fully in the final grade. Because attendance is very important for proficiency development, right? If you're not there, you're not, you're not interacting in the language. Another thing you can do is, again, uh, I'll put a plug in for the article that Walter and Daniel and I have coming out in uh, Foreign Language Analysts. By the way, it also came out, and uh, we got a little thing in the Clear Newsletter. Those of you um, who know we have a center here um, at Michigan State, Clear, which is Center for Language Education and Research, and they put out a newsletter. Um, it circulates very widely, um, and you can go to the website here at MSU. Again, Clear, the initial C-L-E-A-R. -E and uh, Walter and I wrote an article there about can-do statements. And the um, article that um, Walter and Daniel and I did for Flannels that's coming out in next month is about how we replaced in-class testing with can-do statements and how we actually assign some kind of point value to that and put that as part of the final grade and we'd move the test online and redistributed the point values of the final grade so that we have a much greater part of the final grade actually reflecting something that's proficiency-oriented and communication-oriented. Um, so those are like examples of some steps you can take. Um, maybe there are some people out there who are doing something. Um, I know all you TPR, TPRS people are out there listening, and I know that I, I don't know how you're assigning grades in your classes, so you better call in or pipe, pipe up and, 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 and send us something or call us and let us know what you're doing because I know you're not assigning A, B, C, D, E, F grades um, uh, to your students uh, along traditional lines. So um, anyway, so those are some ideas. There might be some others. I don't know. Um, good. Anything else? Who, who else is there? Oh, there are lots of people. It's, uh, it's exploding here on Mixler. I don't know why they're not calling in. It's this generation, Bill. They're all uh, attached to their phones, their devices. Well, I, so. I doubly like Lance now. Lance, Lance, I'm sorry, Emma. I love you, dear. I, Emma, I think you're wonderful. But Lance called in. He just, you know. 
But Emma came to see us live. Well, yeah, I guess because she was working she there. She took that a day. selfie and posted it on Twitter. <laughs> oh, she did take a selfie. Okay. Lance, you're you're one you're one B. She's one A and you're one B, Lance. Sorry. <laughs> there okay. we go. I like that. Okay. Good. <laughs> one A and one B. Uh, well, uh, let's see here. Um, there are just too many. There's so many things that people are saying here. It's Grab hard one. to, it's hard like, to keep like, up with like them. It's like pulling the slot machine yeah. thing and just pick one. So, so um, and maybe make a provocative comment. Yeah, uh, this is Eric. Uh, I think Eric was on on with us last week. Um, BVP, don't you say that learners need practice assessing their development developing systems? What you call what do you call skill versus mental representation? I'm not sure I understand the question, but. Okay, Eric, clarify if, if, if you'd like to do that. And then he also asks, even with standards-based grading, you're assigning a standard to the number, and how does that respect differences, different learnings, sorry, different learner rates? My apologies. Say, say that again. They, they, the booth was trying to signal something to me. That's all right. Even with standard-based grading, you are assigning a standard to a number, and how does that respect different learner rates? Even if you're assigning a... Even if you're uh, even with standards-based grading, you're assigning a standard to a number. So a standard to a number, and how does that respect different learner rates? Well, it doesn't really. No, it, it, it depends on how you do it. It doesn't necessarily have to do it. It depends on how you do it. So, um, and you can have a range of things too. You can say, here's the range we want you to fall in, and and so on. So it doesn't have to be you know just one way or the other. There are multiple ways to think about things. Are we hashtagging somebody? Is that what's going on? Emma wants to be hashtag 1A fan. Is that what she wants? She wants a trend? Or she just, is she on the phone? Oh, she's called in. Emma has called in. She's called in. Right. Emma's calling she's ready in. to talk Emma. to us. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm, so, I'm, I'm sorry. Who, who made that comment? Eric? Eric, yes. Eric I'm sorry. You, you have to wait one second while, while the number one fan, Emma, a? comes in. I thought there was a hashtag. I thought you wanted me to get her trending on Twitter. Twitter. She's the number one Hashtag a 1A fan, fan Emma. Okay. <laughs> Hey, Emma, you on the line? Hi, yes, of course I'm here. Hey, Emma. Thanks for the, the photo of us at, um, at uh, Myola at Michigan World Not Rangers. a problem. That was my pleasure. I, I, I apparently need to fight for my right to have my spot. You, you do, I tell you. I'm glad you called in. See, now you just <laughs> bump. Lance is now going to try to dial back in. Lance, if you're out there, you better dial back in. She's bumping you. <laughs> <laughs> so, Emma, you have a comment or you have a question? You want to talk about this uh, grading business with us? Yeah, I do. Um, as a student, I, I think it's, it's difficult sometimes to understand what it is that we're being expected to perform. We're always in all these different classes, especially in, high, in a high school setting where there's standardized tests left and right, um, and that's dictating like teacher performance and having teachers being um, staying within a school. And then when you move to college, um, that transition between working for the grade and working for the content so do you have any advice for students as to how to approach a proficiency-based class, whereas they're not, maybe not looking specifically at each test? Well, uh, yes and no. It depends because I, I'm assuming that not all proficiency-based classes are going to be exactly the same. Right. And so people, so uh, it depends on how those are mani made manifest in a syllabus, right, or in the course materials that the instructor provides to the students. So um, the first thing a student has to do is, is get that from the instructor, say, what does it mean to be X? You know, you say you want me to be at this level, what does that mean? So the first thing I would say is that students um, need to be educated on what proficiency means 
and what it means to be able to perform X function. So for example, like one of our, one of our can-do statements in Spanish one here, first semester and in French first semester is, um, I can say when I get up, when I go to bed, and three things I do every day. Something like that. Very simple one they do in the first month of class, right? So that means you can do that. And you can also interview someone and get that information from someone. So there's two sides of the same coin there. So, um, so what does that mean? You have to demonstrate it. You have to show people what that is, and 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 the and the and the mechanism in which you evaluate that. Which we use a very simple system, which is a, a, a two one zero. Which is two is you can do it with ease. One is you can do it, but you struggle. And zero is you can't do it at all. You're just not there. And so, um, those all those things need to be clarified and made made clear to students. And um, very often, what happens in proficiency curricula is that there are no models for students to look at, to hear. So I also advocate putting up online, for example, here's a student who just performed an activity called X, whatever this proficiency activity is we want you to be able to do. Can you do this? Can you, do you sound like this when you do it? Um, and so, uh, and giving also speech samples of what intermediate mid sounds like, if that's your exit goal or what inter, you know, you know, intermediate low sounds like and so on. So the more students are educated and informed, the better off they're gonna be, right? That's what they need. That's what they need to understand. So. Yeah. I think definitely for me, I, I crave structure in whatever envi environment I'm in as far as the classroom. So having a teacher that's going to tell me if, if I can't gauge my progress based on an explicit test, um, like they, they condition you to be used to from high school into college, um, if I can have like what I should look like so I can compare and I can gauge my own growth, I think that's really important. Yeah, it is important, and I think you just said something very, very important as well that we didn't really touch upon. We, we kind of hinted at it earlier, and that's student expectations. And uh, we, don't, we haven't talked much on the show, it's only our fourth episode, but students bring a lot of baggage to classes, don't they? Um, Definitely. And it's not their fault. They're, I'm not blaming students. They bring baggage because we gave it to them on the way. And one of the pieces of luggage they have with and them, you're, and you're not focusing on emotional baggage here. No, you're no, saying, no, no, you're no, no, saying no. I'm talking about institution, institutional baggage. Right. Okay. And so um, this idea of grades, and and as you say, being quantified and so on. Um, and so they come, they might come to professional class and not understand what one of those is either, because they haven't experienced one, or they experience something so different that they get into a proficiency language class and they go, whoa, hold the phone here. What's going on here? Why am, I, why am I not learning all the conjugations of the conditional in this language now or something like that? I don't know. Um, so we, have to, we, we really need to do, again, this is what I said earlier in the show, is that our job as the L2 expert people is to educate. We have to educate everybody we can educate about what we do and how we do it, why we do it, what acquisition is, what language is, what communication is, all these things together. We have to do it. We have to educate, educate. We're not doing a very good job. Um, now, part of the reason we're not doing a very good job is maybe there's not enough of us out there to do it. So um, then what you need to do is build an army of experts that can go out there and do it. So, Well, Emma, you've redeemed yourself. Thank you. So sorry about that, Lance. You just bumped down to 1B. And Lance, if you don't call back in on the heels of Emma, you're going to be demoted to 1C. <laughs> sorry, so, you can You can harsh. be in the club with me. <laughs> Angelica, did you say that was harsh? Yeah. I'm not being Poor harsh. Poor Lance. Oh, I like Lance. He was my first Lance. I've never had a Lance before, so that was that's cool. <laughs> Emma, no offense, I've had Emmas before, but you know. But you're my num <laughs> but you're the number one Emma, okay? You're the number one Emma. Not the number two Emma, but the number one Emma. So Well thanks, <laughs> thanks Emma. Thanks, Emma. We'll talk to you later.
Thanks so much. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye. I think something Bye, that Emma. you just mentioned there uh, was something that came up that we weren't able to get to last week when we were talking. Um, but there were some questions about how we're, uh, you know, in a proficiency-oriented program, particularly some people who are talking about um, using TPRS, uh, their concern is now they're releasing their student to go on to the next level, or maybe they're, they're, they, they've done TPRS or some proficiency-oriented uh, input oriented um, program and uh, they go off to go to college perhaps and and it's not at all that way it's right. a, it's very much a knowledge uh, a, you know knowing knowledge about grammar memorization those types of things and it could be so, the reverse too right absolutely there could uh, be some there could be some uh, people coming out of secondary system who are in a proficiency oriented curriculum sure. and they get to a, a college level curriculum which is all about drill and kill and well, and that's what I'm saying, right? Could so, be either way. Could be yeah, either way. So, so, but in a situation like that, uh, the question is then, you know, the the one teacher that, that wrote last week, I, I forget who it was. I'm just remembering it by memory. <laughs> by memory here is that is uh, this teacher said, I just get nervous every time I send out my students because I don't know what they're going to get when they go to college. And uh, how do we address that? I mean, uh, do we need to concern ourselves with those issues? You know, are, are, do we need to concern ourselves? Well, have we prepared our students to be successful in college if the college they're going off to or the next class that they're even going to perhaps is not oriented the same way that our classes are oriented? Right. So, yeah. That, that, I mean, and those are all real issues. Those are all real issues. Um, and um, they're not easy to answer. Uh, we had talked recently around here and um, – not too long ago, I think it was at, at Michigan at the World Language Association meeting last week, whenever it was, two weeks ago, um, about exactly about that, about trying to form a consortium, for example, of university language programs, major, you know, for all the major state institutions. In, so we can actually talk about this. What are, we, what are our expectations? What standards do we want to set for ourselves in our programs? And can we come to some common ground so that, so that students aren't, you know, you can go to any, I mean, five or six different institutions and and experience mm-hmm. five or six radically different programs, right. radically different. Because I had several people ask me at Michigan World Language, they said, so what is it that you're expecting of students uh, when they're coming to Michigan State? What do you expect students to have? What do you expect students to know before they come? Um, and and the, Or they say, well, what, what should I be doing to prepare my students for college, for success in a college language classroom? And it's like... What do you say to them? Well, it depends on where they're going, really. You know, I mean, because what Michigan State is doing is very different than what other universities in, in Michigan and and other universities around the country are doing as well. So, right. It, well, it's going to be interesting to see um, what happens when that that article comes out in flannels in December, and 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 people go, "What? You don't get tests anymore in class?" Oh, no. Well, no, we don't. Um, at least in the lower level Spanish class, we don't need to. We, and here's the here's why. Here's the data. We actually have data, by the way. You're going to want to read this article. It's very easy to read. Um, and we compare large groups uh, of students, those who have tests in class and those who have tests online and looking at the difference in those scores and so on. Because um, <clears throat> we're hoping to spark that dialogue, So, um, just as we've done today. Um, although we can't get anybody to call in except for Lance and Emma. People want to tweet us. Why do we have a phone line? <laughs> phone, <our laughs> we need to up. turn off the Mixler. We need to turn off the tweets. Uh, we need to force people to express their opinions on the phone. But should, should, do you want me? We're gonna start wrapping up in a minute here. But should I? Should I? Before I do the wrap up, do you want me to preview the topic for next week? Sure, preview yeah. the topic for next week. You guys ready for this? Yeah. I don't know. I expect, and I know Eric out there is gonna call in on this um, or tweet something about this. But the topic for next next week is 
does explicit teaching do anything for language acquisition? That's going to be our topic. Does explicit teaching do anything? Or what does it do if it does anything? Okay, so that's going to be our topic next week. So remember, <clears throat> our push is to get 1,000 followers on our newsletter. So please send your colleagues. <clears throat> Excuse me. Sorry. Just, gosh. After an hour in the um, booth, you know, it's like, it's just like, uh, 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 I tell you, get that studio throat. It's like being, it's like being on stage in <laughs> I think Vegas. because you're talking too much, It's like much, being Bill. on stage in Vegas. Let Angelica say something. Well, Angelica's there. <laughs> she's sipping her wine spritzer in Germany is what she's doing. Shh. Okay, we have a quick call. Oh, good. We have a quick call from Carol. Carol, you on the line? Carol, you on the line? I'm right here. Hey, Carol, you have a quick question? We're... Getting near the end of our show here. We've got to wrap up soon, like in the next right. three minutes. Well, I'm going to tell you it's not a quick question, but it's maybe a question that we could highlight on another show, and that is the whole topic of proficiency-based grading and coming up with some universal way to do it because it's so arbitrary. Um, what, my st what I consider would be novice mid, for example, for my students another in another class would not. Um, it's all topic driven and it's vocabulary driven. It just depends what words did, you know, one group learn versus another. And it also has to do with what can you do with the minimal vocabulary that you have versus what a more creative person can do or a person that can think on their feet. Mm -hmm. And so um, I, I think that we do need a paradigm shift. I, I think we need a revolution, but we need some sort of formula to help teachers fairly evaluate and give a pretty good indication of what they really can do in the language. Right. I understand that. And and, and I, I'm going to just, I'll say this real quick, <clears throat> and then we're going to have to start um, wrapping up here. But I think I think the can-do statements can help with that. They can, be, they can be tailored to programs to do that. And I think we can help teachers do that so that they have something. And that those can be used across courses, across programs, across things. Um, so, so that's a good point, Carol. So we'll put that in the agenda. How's that? Because Axel has Excellent. actually put out some the can-do statements, uh, and they're they're helpful to for assessment purposes at individual levels as well. So, all right. Well, Carol, Great. we're gonna have and to cut we, you off, Carol. We'd so we'd love to see samples from your students too. Okay, we'll do that. Okay, thanks, Great. Carol. Thank you. Uh -huh, bye. Okay, so remember now we're trying to get followers on our newsletter, so please send your colleagues, friends, and students to teawithbbb.com and have them sign up for our weekly newsletter. Uh, we want to give our thank yous today for our technical producer, Daniel Trago, who's waving to me in the booth there, our media producer, Luca Giuponi, um, our able phone call manager and all-around muscle man, Dustin DeFelice, the Center for Language Teaching Advancement, CELTA, the College of Arts and Letters at Michigan State University, and please remember that the ideas and opinions expressed in this program do not reflect those of the Center for Language Teaching Advancement, the College of Arts and Letters, any of our sponsors, or any other official entity of Michigan State University. And with that said, we want to end by thanking all of you listeners out there, and especially Lance and Emma who called in, and Carol. Continuing the vein of this week's show, join us next week when we talk about what does explicit teaching do, if anything. I'm going to really drive that, and we're going to have a good conversation about that. Until then, have a rest of the week, and happy second language acquisition to everybody. Bye.